Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast. It's been a week away, which I you think you're probably glad of after the results because we've lost three in the row. And it's not gone well, has it, Ange? I mean, we lost 1-0 to Rotherham and then lost 2-0 to Coventry City. So we'll quickly gloss over them. You'll tell us how that went on. And then we'll move into, obviously, the yesterday's game, which isn't much better. And we'll do player ratings. I can hardly wait. I can't contain myself. Uh, Rotherham, look... It was one of those matches where we could have played until yesterday, and we still wouldn't have scored. Um, and I would have, I would have said, okay, that's just the way of the world. But then to follow it up with a performance against Coventry, which I thought second half we were very poor and conceded to, um, it, it was a bit of a worry. And now, of course, uh, we've continued this trend of uh, we lost one against Rotherham, two against Coventry, three against. Our opponents yesterday, Norwich. Is it going to be four on Wednesday? Well, we don't know that, Angie. Do we? We can't be too negative because we keep getting in trouble for being negative. But you know, after those two results, I mean, Rotherham. I mean, I was there watching that one. I was there. It was a midweek game, one team, and I thought we played quite well. To be honest, I thought we moved the ball okay. I thought that. But we just look toothless, don't we? We look like an old man chewing on a wine gun with false teeth, don't we? we, we we've just got no forward line, have we, what I saw from them two games? I think I've probably seen old men chewing wine gums uh, make a better fist of it. Um, but I, I just... You can have all the crosses in the world and you can have all the strikers in the world. If the crosses are no good, uh, they're not going to score off them. I, I mean, it's just... To me, it's just horrible. I just... I can't explain how I feel in terms of um, where we're at at the moment. I'm sorry, I, I just I just can't believe that we, we've hit this. We can't ever win more than two matches, and then we go on a run when we lose a load more. And it's just, well, it's just horrible, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's not very good at the moment, it isn't. But the thing is, the last podcast, which I listened to the other day, we were full of optimism. We come out of out yeah. of an unbeaten three. We won two on the bounce. It looked like here we go. Could we scrape the automatic promotions? You were on about winning the league and getting your place. Where was it near the museum for when the buzz goes past? You know, the, I, I can't remember that bit, but I'll go go with you that I thought we could sneak into the playoffs. And daft as it seems with this league, you could sneak into the playoffs if you have four or five good matches. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to have four or five good matches. I'll be honest with you, Ange, the more and more we're talking, your memory's getting worse. I've got to be honest. Because <laughs> weirdly enough, it's still 1-0. We're nearly halfway through the season. We've, yeah, it may end up that way. <laughs> right, so now we move into yesterday's heroics, where we went up against Norwich City. We lost 3-1, which, you know, isn't great. The stats that came out of the game, possession they had, 43, we had 57, we had 18 shots, they had 16, nine of them were on target for them, four for us, corners we had six, they had five, fouls they had 14, we had 11. So when we look at the stats for the game, how did we lose that 3-1? Um, well, I'll say this, it's a long way to go in a car to watch that. How did we lose it 3-1? We didn't defend properly. Um, we missed our chances. It's not bad luck that we missed our chances. We just missed our chances. 
that's why we lost. They had a striker that was clinical. Well, a striker that was clinical but actually made the goals. They had the quality on the bench. When you looked at their bench, they had that sort of quality which made the difference. We didn't. Well, a mention has to go out for Norwich with a man who scored two goals. 38th minute in the 71st minute. Ramsey. Now, he was the difference yesterday, wasn't he? Yeah, well, it wasn't just the difference. I mean, uh, you can't you can't put um, all the blame on Bursic, but um, he made some good saves, he made some bad saves. But unfortunately, the ones that he made that were fairly decent, he palmed the ball out into oncoming forwards who rammed it into the net. I I just think defensively we're a bit like a Swiss cheese. Somebody gets through us and they get they find gaps all over the place. Our back, line, our back line is the problem. I said that at the start of the season. It's square pegs round holes, isn't it? And we'll go into those square pegs now. And we start with player 18s and we go with a man that's always been hit and miss with, with you and me. I said we should have loaned him out and brought an experienced goalkeeper in. But the club decided not to. And that's Joseph Bersic. I think Bersic, as we've said before, will be a really good goalkeeper. But it's too early for him at the moment. He's conceding too many goals. I think he should have saved the second goal. Having said that, without it, it could have been four or five. It's hard. Five. I'm going to go with a solid four for Bears yesterday because I thought he was poor. I mean, fair enough, he made a great save from Puki, which he managed to tip round the post. But one of the Ramseys, I think it was the second one, was it? With it, he shot. The second his... one was terrible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you save that. I don't care if you're 14 or 48. You, you save that. It's a comfortable height. It's a it, You tip it around the post, don't you? And the problem is, yeah. I, I don't think he was shouted enough. His passing was a little bit wayward as well. I mean, especially to what I think it was at the beginning of the first, second half where he passed the ball out and it pretty much went straight to Jacob. Luckily, uh, Wilmot was on hand and managed to get a foot to it. But it was desperation play. And I'm sorry that Berzik, he's got to improve. If he wants to keep his place and he wants to be a higher division goalkeeper. He's going to have to improve on this. Yeah, I mean, look, it was unfortunate that the two rebounds went to Norwich players and you could argue that maybe our defenders weren't quick enough, but I agree with you. Um, it's not great. And then you look at the protection the defence gets in the midfield and, and our players are allowed to run 20, 30 yards. It, it's, just, it's just bad. It's just bad. Awful. And, and I can't find anything positive to say about yesterday apart from we could have lost by six. Yeah, we could have done. Right, so now we move into Clark. Right. I thought his decision-making was dreadful. I think he's quite good when he moves forward. I'm not sure he's the best defender. I mean, we missed Dujon Sterling yesterday, I thought. Um, there was a lot of shouting at Clark by Fox and Jagielka in the first few minutes. Um I'll go on Vic four as well. I mean, I agree with you, his decision making is a bit wayward because you've got to look at him. I don't think he knows what his position is yet, and that's clear to see when you when you look at him. He's still a bit rusty after his injury. He's got to get himself fit. Personally, I think that's the best position for him. But when we've got Sterling in. I'm afraid Clark's one of those players now where if it comes to January, I'd go, Arsley can have him back because I think he is yeah, a right wing back. But when yeah. we've got Sterling there, 
we don't really need him unless no. to be honest I mean fair enough you can have him as a backup but you know Will Clark be moaning in the pit on the training field and at half time and stuff that he's not playing because he's he's on loan he's he's come to Stoke for a reason hasn't he to play games and improve yeah. his development yeah. but I think we've got a better player on loan and it shows how bad our recruitment is that we brought a right back in then got another one in we, have we become the have we become the championship Nottingham Forest just by whoever's dropping down yes so, it's possible and that's the thing I've got to say I mean to be fair to Clark he did test Gunn who somehow is playing goal for them now um, I think it was in the first half but all round not good enough for me, not good enough at all. Now we move into another player that for me isn't good enough, and that's Morgan Fox. Morgan Fox, all I can say about Morgan Fox is the team looks more balanced with him in it, but it doesn't necessarily look more balanced for the better. Um, I think we need a better player in his position, as we do in many positions of the club at the moment, four. Uh, I'll go in with a four as well, to be honest. I mean, he got some good attacking positions, didn't he, uh, yesterday, yeah. where the ball and delivery was absolutely dreadful. I mean, some of the crossing, you know, it's a good job you're chasing Dracula down, is it? Because he'd be stabbing him in the leg with, the, with some of these crossings yeah. he was putting in yesterday. It was, it was woeful. And that's the thing, which, is, which goes down to, but the worst thing I saw of him yesterday was for Norwich's second goal, the defending for that. It was calamitous. What was he doing? I have no idea. It, it's just calamity. I, I have no idea. And the only thing I can think about when I, when I watch us defend at this moment in time, is it because these players are in and out of the squad all the time and can't get any sort of confidence? <laughs> because, yeah, that's, I mean, you could be right. Because it's just desperate, isn't it? it? It's just desperation because one week... You know, Flint plays well and we go, oh, brilliant. Then he puts two shoddy performances in, then he's out. Then someone else comes in, he's a bit rusty. Then eventually has a good game, then he's back out again. Then someone else is in. It's all over the place. But Fox, not good enough at all, and he gets a four. Now, for me, I'm going to go in with a strong one here, but I'm going to give him... I'm probably going to give him my second... No, I'm going to give him man of the match, Phil Jagielkin. Right, oh, really? Well, uh, it's an odd choice. Was, <laughs> I didn't think he was very good yesterday. But then that, that says a lot by... If you're going by his own standards, uh, I'll give him a five. I'll go in with a steady six, which shows you how much I was liking Phil Jagielke. But yesterday, I thought he got caught square a few times, but that's not his own fault. He, he's 40 years of age. He's not a young yeah, lad. Yeah. He, he can't do these things that... that Alex Neal's expecting. He could do it now and again. He'll still have the legs, but he can't do it week in, week out at his age. You know, he's not as fit as Latam and can do it at the highest level. So at the end of the day, I thought he made some good blocks in the second half where I think it could have been a cricket score if it wasn't for Jaggy Elka. So that's why he gets my man of the match. I thought he was leading the back line the best he could. But, you know, there's only so much of polishing a tiered before it becomes a diamond, isn't it? Because it never does become yeah. a diamond. And that's the reason yeah. why he's got man of the match for me. Right, Ben Wilmot. Well, I didn't think the defence covered themselves in, in glory anyway. Um, but the problem yesterday with Wilmot is any time there was a problem in terms of them scoring, he seemed to be involved. 
So I didn't think his defending was great yesterday, and he's getting a four. Um, he's getting a three from me, Ben Wilmot, yesterday, because I think defensively yesterday, he did one good thing, which was he kept Pookie silent, which was the only good thing he did yesterday. Apart from the assist, Pookie was quite... He, did, he didn't get close enough, Pookie, which is normally the danger man, is the man who scores all the goals for Norwich normally. Wilmot yeah. sort of had him in his pocket. But the second part of the bad defending was some of the calamitous decision-making he was doing when the ball was in the box. And it's at one point, I think for the second goal, the Brazilian lad, I think he is, I think he's Brazilian, who scored the goal. He was, I think he was, I think he scored the second goal. But anyway, it, the ball came in and Wilmot just sort of stood still. And if he'd moved a bit, he could have got his foot on him. But he didn't. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing about his decision making in the box yesterday. It seemed like they were all edgy. They, they all seemed edgy. And this is the problem with this team, it's mentality. So they've lost two games, the defence is panicking, Alex, Alex Neal's panicking, and the, the defence is just all over the place. And Wilmot was a big problem yesterday, which is why he gets the free. And it, it's got to improve. It's got to improve, because defensively they're like headless chickens when they're in panic mode like this. It, they, they panic, and then we can see goals because of it, and silly goals at that. You're right. I know. Right, so now we move into Laurent. Or Lauren, as he was the other day. Well, Laurent um, is not uh, playing in a position that's doing him any favours at the moment. I thought he was poor and he's getting a four. Poor and getting a four. Doing a bit of rhyming today, are we? Bit of a poet. I don't know it. There you go. Oh, here we go. Yeah, right. Um, he looked a bit slow yesterday as well. Um, he's not a holding midfielder. This is no. the this is the seventh try we've had at getting a holding midfielder and failed. Um, he plays best when he's higher up the pitch because of, of how he can run. Now he's put him in a holding midfield position, which completely nullifies our midfield. It's yeah, just silliness, completely silliness. You put him in there, he can't play his natural game. He's not a very good defender. He's not a good at marker. And yesterday, I can't really say much about him because. I can't really remember him doing anything. Apart from sort of marking and passing the ball instantly as soon as he comes to his feet, I can't yeah. really give him anything else other than a, other than a two. Because I thought he was poor yesterday. Right. Well, I, I wonder who's going to get the one. Well, we'll get to him soon enough. Right, okay. now we move on to Lewis Baker. Or should I say Nathan Baker, yeah. as the people like when he's crap? Well, um, I thought he looked completely out of sorts. I don't think it's the captaincy that's weighing on him. Again, I think he's playing too deep. He's been poor for a lot of games now, and I wouldn't play him in the next match, personally. Uh, it looks like he's lost his way a bit to me, and he's getting a three. Um, he's getting a two from me, uh, Lewis Baker. I thought he was... Shite yesterday, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest. I think he lost the ball on eight or nine occasions when he conceded the ball. delivery as well, Ian. We get a free kick. It is the man's shins. Yeah, he, he, he was going to get to that. I mean, he had Sorry. two free kicks that literally... I mean, one of them was in a really good position. I mean, if you put some power on it, you could test the goalkeeper with it. But instead, he sort of booted it straight at the, at the defender's boots. I mean, was, was he try hoping the jump? That's the only thing I can put down to what he was trying to do. Um, 
and that was it. It was just it was just so weak. He, he, every time that he got the ball, he was bullied off it. Every time he passed the ball, unless it was a simple pass to the left or right, it was poor. And I'm sorry, Nathan. I mean, sorry, Lewis Baker's going to have to improve because ever since he's been given a contract, I can count good performances on my hand, and it's not good enough. No. no. Right now we go into please give him back Southampton Smallbone. He did one pass that was good, which was to Brown, and when Brown had the chance, and, and it was a bit wasted. I, I can't be bothered. Uh, his tricks and flicks don't go anywhere. I think he's quite a wasteful player. He's had one good game for Stoke, as far as I'm concerned, and he's getting a three as well. I'm going to go over solid two again for small bone. I thought... Beautiful trickery, you know, where he flicks around and loses the ball and then flicks around and then passes it to Norwich and the way he, in the second half, passed that ball over the top of everybody's head and out for a throw-in. I've got to be honest, I don't understand it a lot of times. You know, there was a couple of times where Brown was away or Gale was away and the pass was poor. And... I don't understand why he's playing in this higher role because he just doesn't suit him. I don't, when I see him at central midfield, that doesn't suit him. So I'm stuck in two minds of where where he you play Will Smallbone because I don't. Yeah. I, he's not a holding midfielder. From what I'm seeing of him, he looks more like a little a tricky winger that hasn't got a lot of pace. That's that's yeah. the only thing I'm seeing from Smallbone because he's. I just don't see any pass or finish from the lad. He seems to be good at passing sideways, and that's about it. Do you reckon this is a lad that could soon be in League Two? I don't honestly see how he's continuing to play. No, I don't understand why he's playing, to be honest. Well, then somebody sitting near me at the match yesterday thought he was the best player on the pitch. Who was that? Smallburn. No, who said that? Oh, it was a Stoke fan, I don't know, but he, I, mean, I don't even think he'd had a drink. Oh, he's probably got an Arsenal top underneath that underneath that coat. <laughs> no, he's get he's getting a two from me. Right, we move into Fossu. Well, Fossu at least tries to go forward. Um, I didn't think it was a penalty when he was tripped. I thought it was a poor dive, but Alec Neil, which you might expect, Alex Neil thought it was. Uh, as I say, he, he tries to do a little positive thing. But yesterday, he was on his own trying to do that for the most part. And um, I think I'm going to give him man of the match with six. Oh, bloody hell. He's getting a five from me. He's getting a good mark from me. I mean, I thought he was the only player trying to move the ball forward. He made a couple of good um, dribbles. And let's be honest, he put a good ball in for the for Powell towards the end as well. Um I just don't. I don't understand where, where where this formation's working. I don't understand what he's really trying to do. But Fossu is it is probably been other than Sterling the only good loan signing we've made so far, isn't it? Really. I think he's one of the better ones. Yeah, because there's not much to really scream about, is there? No. Right, so five from Fossu, and you put him out of the match, right? So now we go in with Jacob Brown's return. He should have at least at the target where he had two chances. He looked uh, rusty, he was slipping a lot. For for Jacob Brown, I mean, he always tries, but for Jacob Brown, it wasn't great. Five. Uh, I'll go with the four with Jacob Brown. I thought he was rusty and, you know, he had two good chances. And, 
you know, to be honest, he was very ineffective. None of his, not much dribbling. He was, he's not doing his chasing round like he normally does, which is what we like him for. That Walters mentality where you chase everything until it's booted from the defender's boot. But that's understandable. He's only just come back from injury, so I'm not going to be too harsh on Brown because it's just, I'm just glad to see him back. Right. Yeah. Now we move on to Wow, Dwight Gale. I thought that was the worst performance from Dwight Gale in a Stokes years. I think the highlight for him was he got boots. Um, I just didn't think he looked very good at all. And he's lucky to get a three. Um, he's getting a one from me. All right, you liked him that much. Oh, he was, he was shocking yesterday. What was he doing? What, explain to me his decision makings with some of them runs yesterday, Andy. It was the wrong decision. That's the easiest way you can explain them. Wrong decisions. He just lacked any sort of any sort of going in for the first time. Yeah. It looks Absolutely like he's given up. It, yeah. It's very worrying now with Dwight Gale because you know he's coming here with a big reputation, especially with his record because his championship record is nearly up there with Mitrovic, who's, who was one of the most lethal championships I know, it's ever seen. Strikers and make them rubbish. I know because it's the opposite way for Stoke Norman, isn't it? We normally buy crap strikers and turn them good, like Mike Sharon and Steen, and then swap that round when we bring Goodens in. They just don't work. Yesterday yeah. he looked lethargic. He lacked any conviction to be in the right place for some of the good balls. Well, say good balls, balls that were coming in the box, and I don't. He looked knackered after about forty minutes, didn't he? I thought they all looked tired. And I'm wondering if, if it's the manager, is he working them too hard to try and get some kind of fitness out of them? Well, what, whatever he's doing, he needs to stop it because I'd rather have an unfit team winning than a fit team getting battered. Well, that's the problem. Right, now we go into the substitutions and Powell for Smallbone. Right, well, Powell missed what was really a free header and I think that did actually change the game. Um, I think if he'd have scored that, we possibly would have got something out of the game. Because they'd made six changes to try and, and make things happen for them. And if we'd have scored that, which he should have, and he knew he should have, we'd have got something out of the game. He scored at the end. His reaction just said, well, what's it matter? Um, and I'm giving him a four. A four? Um, I'm going to go on for five, like I normally do for subs. Mm. It's, I thought he took his chance well. I mean, I agree with you. I think it was a good chance earlier on that he should have buried. And he knows that himself. But the worrying sign I saw yesterday was his attitude after the goal. I'm wondering yeah. if there's been a fallout with the club. I don't know what's going on. Because um, he has kind of been back for a while, hasn't he? I'm wondering if he wants to go by the look of his attitude. I don't know whether he really enjoys playing football, if I'm honest. He's always said it's just a job to him. And I actually don't know whether... I think his attitude is one that we as football fans who would love to play for the club um, don't really care about. He doesn't care like we do. He hasn't got the hunger for football, does he, is what you mean? Yeah, that's right. Uh, you, I can tell. I mean, before he has he has put the effort in, he has, he has been a good player. He's, he, we know he's a good player. That's the thing. It's a shame. But I think his attitude's changed more recently. And that could be because he's, he's been worked harder. I don't know, is it because he's, he's having to do... But the thing is with Nick Powell, he's, he's a 
ticking time on, isn't he? We know if he gets a slight yeah. knock, he's, he's out for months. So you've got to be careful with a player like that. But yesterday, I was quite worried about his reaction. You know, he scored a goal and he didn't look like he was bothered, to be honest, which is unlike him because he is a very me, me, me kind of person, isn't he? Yeah. Right, Delap for Gale, which was very heavily cheered at this point. Um, I, I can't, I'm trying to think what he did that was really good and I can't think of anything. So for me, it's a four. For the time he came on, he came on the 76 minutes, he had plenty of time to get involved in the game and, you know, people said he made, a, I think I read it in the central, he made a nuisance of himself. I can't remember him making a nuisance of himself. I remember him just sort of walking, I thought I thought it was timing at first because he was sort of walking around his mouth open, didn't have a lot to do. Didn't really get involved enough. No sort of knock-on play. Whatever the balls were going, even they were over his head anyway. So I can only go in with with the score. Right, Thompson for Baker. Now another one I was cheering because Baker was woeful. Mm, see, I I quite like Thompson and I think he does his best. But I'm going to go with your system of not giving people. How can I put it? Not giving people any. Any more than five if they come on as a sub, so he's getting a five. I mean, he's getting an eight from no. <laughs> he's get he's getting a five. I thought he had a good long range effort, the good at it. But to be fair, what did you think of Gunn yesterday before we finish off? He made a couple of good saves. We didn't really have much to do, did he? No, but he, when he I was mean, called, we had upon, a lot of the ball yesterday, Ian, and we created so little with the ball. It's all right everybody saying we've got possession and it's all right Alex Neal saying I don't want it just to get behind the ball and make it and score. The, the game's about winning, right? Yes, the result flattered Norwich, but the difference was they took their chances and we didn't. And if we don't get somebody that can take our chances soon, we're in big trouble. Well, that's the thing, yeah. So Thompson gets a five from me as well. Then the last substitute was Wright Phillips for Fossey, which I'll be honest at that time didn't make a lot of sense to me because he was the only one who was driving us forward. I probably would have gone clock. I mean, I'll go on with a five. I thought he didn't. He didn't have a lot to do again. But I think by that point, the game was over. Wanted by the time he came off the bench, there was not a lot he could do. Yeah, no, that's true. So, he gets a five from me. What's he getting from you? Five. Five? Yeah. Right, so the substitutes that weren't used is Bonham, Flint and Sparrow. And then we go in with the referee rating, Mr Keith Stroud. What are you giving him? I'm giving him a two. I'm giving him a three. You're giving him a free. I was. He's, he didn't let the game flow. He seemed to. Not be, at all. He was awful. Yeah, he was. He, he didn't let the game flow at all. I thought he was a little bit biased towards Norwich as well. And I say a little, I mean a lot. I kind of disagree with you. I thought that that was a penalty. I think if that went to VAR on Fosu, I think that would have gone to, as a penalty. I just think he had a bad game all round, didn't he? I didn't think he had a good game. No, he didn't. I mean, that's, I mean, I don't want to criticise refs because people always think you criticise refs if um, if he's sour grapes, but I just thought he was awful. Yeah, I did. I, 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 did, I thought he, he, in many ways, ruined the game for us, really. Every time we tried to get momentum, he was blowing up. Every time we tried to break away, he was blowing up for a, basically a tap. And I thought it was kind of a penalty, but 
Now we go to the overall rating. What are you going to put in? Overall, Stoke? Yeah. Well, you can do Norwich if you want, Sam. There's no wrong with that. Well, if, if I was doing Norwich, I'd do a seven. If I'm doing Stoke, I'm doing a two. <laughs> a solid two, eh? A solid two. What are you giving them? If you give them any more than two, you're mad. I'm going to give them a solid three. Because I thought, I thought they controlled the game. It was just everything other than the forward areas. I mean, they were a better team. They can move, but they, you know, they just dropped from the Premier League. And that Ramsey, I don't know if it's that Ramsey from Villa, but whoever he is, he's, he's a quality player and he took his chances. No. It, and but, he did take his chances. But if you look at the game, right, they had Sargent out. They made six changes. Their top goal scorers out. They made six changes. And they still beat us 3 1. I mean, honestly. There comes a point where you can't keep saying, oh, we just need a goal. We don't. We just need a goal. Everybody just needs a goal to win. But, honestly, I'm a bit flabbergasted about the way we're playing. I think the defence is worse now than it was before he came here. We'll see what you feel, Ange. Come on, that's what the podcast's for. But what we'll go into now is Alex Neal's rating. Okay, well, up until the last three games, I thought we looked more solid under Alex Neal. But now, the way we're conceding goals is a worry because yesterday, when they scored, I sent a message to a friend, game over. And I'm not kidding you, within five seconds, my phone was pinging with the same message from lots of other people who'd made the pilgrimage to Norfolk, right? But until we stopped conceding goals, because when we got up from the Championship to the Premier League, when we stayed in the Premier League, we were hard to beat. Teams that beat us rarely beat us by three or four, right? In the early years, we, we were incredibly difficult to break down. We're not difficult to break down then. It's the easiest thing in the world to break down Stoke. And until we fix that, we're going nowhere. Quite generous. I'm going with a four. Um, I thought his subs were too late. I think they didn't have any impact. I thought we were missing creativity. I would have probably brought sub Gale on off at half time. I would have changed. Uh, I wouldn't have gone with Laurent in that position as holding midfielder. I would have put Jordan Thompson in that role because I think he's the only one who's done an all right job there. I thought Gale was knackered. I mean, he was crying out for somebody like Powell to start. Now, I don't know how fit he is or how close he is to fitness, but I would have put him in instead. I thought the subs were poor. And he's gone too defensive. He's clearly gone too defensive. Now, Michael O'Neill fell into this trap where he'd go ultra-defensive when we started losing a few games. But the problem is when we go ultra-defensive, it has the opposite effect. We, we seem to be, go toothless up front and concede sloppy, silly goals because we haven't got any good defenders. The truth is, Morgan Fox isn't a left centre-back. Phil Jagielka's 40 years of age. And Ben Wilmot can't do it all on his own. And then you've got Harry Clark, who can't defend. And then you've got Fossu, who can't defend. So when you sit deep like that, and also Laran, who can't defend. Who's going to defend then, when you're sitting deep? Well, you're talking about this, but... The rumours are at the moment that in the incoming transfer window, he's looking at, he's looking for only three players. It is rumoured, and these are rumours and speculation, that he's just looking for a goalkeeper. 
and a holding defensive holding midfielder and another striker. Now, do you feel that that is sufficient to turn our club around? If uh, it's true. Uh, no. What I've told you, Andrew, at the end of the day this season, it's just about staying up. Because I've had a look at the odds and... You know, they're, they're getting closer to even now with Stoke playing Bale Stoke next season. Stoke will stay up. Stoke will stay up. I, 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 I believe this, they'll stay up. But I can remember feeling like this under that final year under Mark Hughes and how wrong were we then? No, because I said we'd go down. Right, so me then. I felt like, yeah, we're yes, Stoke, we'll you stay again, up. And... You again, you're still somehow winning by 1-0 in our little poll. Well, I'm sorry, Ange, but it's just the way it is. But let's be honest, I'm not celebrating it. We've we've well, had how many games now? Team, I'll ask you again. How many players do you think he needs to get in January that will make our team better? To make it better, we need a goalkeeper. We need yeah. a left-sided centre back. We're both agreeing with that. Yeah. So how many centre backs do you think we need? I think we need one. I think we need a left-sided centre back because I think we'll hopefully we'll have suitor back after the World Cup. So I'd say one. Flint. Yeah, but what happens if he isn't back? What happens if he isn't fit? Well, right? with financial reasons, we're going to have to make do with Phil Jagielka, aren't we? But the hope is that he's going to be fit. Now, because we don't bring too many players in, because then we're going to start upsetting the balance, which also has a negative effect on the team. We desperately need a left centre-back, because I'm sick of seeing Morgan Fox there. I, we, we all know we need a proper holding midfielder, but I don't think we need one with the way we play. I mean, if, if we're going to be playing with five at the back, I mean, well, three centre-backs with two with a left winger, wing-back and a right wing-back, I think we need a proper cam, in my opinion. We need a yeah, creative somebody, force. Yeah, somebody who knows how to, how to help the defence and cover the defence. But I, I think we've got that there anyway. So when, for me, Laurent can do that as a box-to-box. What we need to start doing with our back line is this. The problem is with, our, with, with both Alex, Alex Neal's now falling into the same trap and Michael O'Neill, it killed him. The problem is with us, we've got crap defenders. We've got Sterling who can't defend. We've got Clark who can't defend. We've got Foss who definitely can't defend because he's a winger. We've got Jagielka who's 40 and can't do the things that he did before. We've got Aidan Flint who's done. You'll be able to play him probably, I don't know, once a week when we're playing twice. He, he can't play every week. The only good defenders we've got at this club are Harry Suter and Ben Wilmot. Other than them, I'd get rid of a lot of them. Honestly, I'd get rid of a lot of them because I don't think they're good enough. But we can't do that in January. So for me, in January, we need to get a goalkeeper that can come in to replace Berzik. Berzik on the bench till the end of the season. Loan him out. And then get Bonham Goth off the wage bill, get Fielding off the wage bill. But for me, we need a left-sided centre-back. We've needed one for three years, and we still haven't got one. We could do with a holding midfielder, but I don't trust them to go and get one because they've had seven goes, and they still haven't got one. So, for me, we need, we need a cam to take this pressure away from our defence. Because when we attack games... We don't do too bad. Sheffield United's a proof of this. Preston's a proof of this. The problem is with us is when we have a bad result, which was Rotherham, the manager goes ultra-defensive because he thinks, oh, well, we'll counter this. But it doesn't counter. It makes us worse because we can't defend because we haven't got the players. So, for me, in, in this case, it's attack. It's doing the opposite of defending. Attack to keep them away from us. 
make them sit back. Then we'll, we'll relax into the game and we can play our game. But when we're sitting this deep with players who can't defend, Laurent can't defend and he's playing holding midfield, which is why I would have gone with Thompson, who, can't, who can do that role. The problem is that we, we play, the way we're playing when we go deep defensive, that Neil's done and fall into the same trap of O'Neill, we look worse and we concede more goals because we can't defend. So we have to attack games to keep them away from our back line. It's our weak points. Because we keep yeah. bringing in garbage. Yeah. And that's where my problem is. You know, Fox, how is he at our club for a kickoff? But when well, you look he, at... Let's, let's be fair, um, the last manager was hardly playing him. Um, he was only playing in uh, areas of necessity. And you can understand why, can't you? Yeah, I can understand why. But the problem is with the, the other manager... He was just as bad. He was just as bad to realise at this moment. You, you can give Alex Neil a bit of leeway because he's new. He's got to learn this himself. But the problems with Michael O'Neill, he never learned. He was at the, he had two and a half, well two and a half seasons, whatever it was, and he was still making the same mistake. Now, if Alex Neil's doing this at the end of the season and we're in relegation battle because of it, then I want him gone as well because he's he's carrying on making the same mistakes. But we've still got to give Alex Neil a couple of windows to see what he can do. Because at the end of the day, Michael O'Neill's failed. His signings are proven it now with new managers or whatever. Because like you said to me, normally you have a manager bounce where, you know, things improve. Things haven't under Neil, which then screams to me that our players aren't good enough. Yeah. Which is clear to see. And Michael O'Neill's brought them in. Now, I feel sorry for him in that case, same as I do for Nathan Jones. And the same I do for Gary Rowett and Mark Hughes and all the previous managers. Because there's not a recruitment team around them that make that work for them. So our manager has to sort his transfers out, sort his backroom staff out, sort what the players are doing, sort the tactics out. And then and most other club managers don't have to deal with that. They'll have a recruitment agency, a director of football or a technical director and, and other things that we talked about before in the past. We don't have that at Stoke. So the manager's in front for everything because, you know, how Stoke run the club is 1995, isn't it? So how would you change it? How would I change what? The running of the football club. The first thing I'd do if I was running the football club, I'd have the same idea as probably some of the Portuguese clubs and how they run it. So I'd bring a director of football in. Probably somebody from Portugal, or maybe anywhere. Who's, if there's a club out there that's shocking and doing well, so you know, shocking the leagues they're in, like Stal Bucharest have turned round recently, and it's since they've had a new director of football, why don't we go and pinch him? Because we've got the money. We've got the richest, fifth richest owners in football. We've got the money, so why don't we go and do it? You know, that, that's for me. The, there's no excuse for Stoke not be not be getting these people in because we've got more money than anyone else, so we can. You know, at the end of the day, for me, we need a director of football to come in, a good te technical director who's brought in, not by the manager, which is how we run it for some weird reason, never known that before. We need a technical director who works with the director of football. The technical director looks at the coaching and works on the training field. He then goes back and works with the analytics team for what the side needs. So the manager will say, I need, a, for example, like we're talking about now, we need a left centre-back. That technical director will go, right, analytics, find me a consistent left centre-back that plays in that role and has been doing well over the next couple of years. Preferably young, so there's a salon market to him. They'll go out and find one in Europe. 
They'll bring free targets back. The director of football will look at it with a technical director and they'll go, yeah, we'll sign him. And then they bring him into the club and the manager then has to coach him. That's how great. That's how Brighton do it. And that's what I'd do. And you don't think other people would do exactly the same if it were that simple? They are doing it. Brentford are doing that. Leicester have been doing that. That's why Leicester I, have had I, so much success. I, I agree with you about Brentford. I think Brentford have done a great job and I do think our recruitment's poor. It, it is um, compared to these other clubs. Brighton do it. Bright, I mean, yeah. it's like Graham Potter. There was an interview or some kind of watch around at Brighton when Sky were there and they said, who do you sign? And he goes, I don't sign anyone. The club sign the players, I don't sign the players and, yeah, I have to, right. and I have to fit them in. And it's like the new manager at Brighton, a perfect example. Trossard, that striker at Brighton now, he was a wingy yeah. for the last two years. Yeah. The new manager's got in and gone, no, you, I like how you finish on your left foot. He scored five goals in seven games in the Premier League. Yeah. He I was know, a wingy. Yeah. I know. You know, that's how that's that, that's how you run a club. That's how if yeah. you want to be successful. I mean, look at the amount of money Brighton have made over the last couple of years on player sales. It's frightening. Brentford it's slowed down a bit, but Brighton it's every year. They've they've lost two of their most important players of last season. They haven't replaced them apart from players they've already got, and they're better than they were last year. That's how you that's recruit. True. That's exactly yeah. how they recruit, and that's what I've been pushing well, that's for. Not Then we're knackered then, aren't we, Anne? Well, I think you've got to... Um, I think you've got to accept that that's a possibility. Well, to be honest, I, I, I think I said to you something yesterday when I think the third goal went in. You, you were talking to me about how the match wasn't very good and how, how we were playing badly. And I said, it, this is reminding me of Kamara. It's reminding me of Kamara. You did. You did say that. I, I remember you saying it at the time and I remember thinking, oh, my days... It's, 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 it's just reminded me of him. We're slowly getting worse, and there's no direction change. I thought well, the coach family were leaving. Somebody this. that came and joined the club. Um, uh, they're not a Stoke fan. They work for the club, and they're very good at what they do. And their club have just got promoted as they left. And all they've seen at Stoke is a steady decline. And they said to me yesterday, "I don't even think we've reached the bottom of it yet." I don't think that's the worrying thing. That that's the thing that I I've noticed with the decline over the last five years, is that it's just calamity after calamity. We forked out, we spent all those parachute payments in one window under Gary Gary Rowett, and then yeah. brought two talented young managers in with Jones and O'Neill. Well, not young, but O'Neill's young. But we brought talented young managers in who then couldn't spend anything, and then Great. threw them under the bus by. Them having to work with what Paul, with what um, Gary Rowett brought yeah. in, yeah. so no wonder these managers are failing. And now you're doing it again with Alex Neil, but will Alex Neil get money next season? Because that this is what I'm judging it on, Ange. If we do not spend good money next year, and there's not big changes at this football club where we can start spending money again, it's time for the Coots family to go. That that is my simple state. I've said this. I've said this early on in the season, and I've said it a few times before. If Dramatic change doesn't happen this season. I'm pushing for them to go. What do you think the difference would be in terms of on the playing surface if we had new owners? Well, what I'm hoping, Ange, is that you know we find it lucky like Brentford and Brighton. Or, for example, Wolves to an extent. I know it's gone a bit wrong recently, but Wolves to an have done quite well over the time as well. You know, getting good quality players in for next to nothing. 
I just want somebody with ambition. That's the words that I want. I want somebody that isn't going to turn down these players and think money first. I want somebody who's going to come in who's got less money, but wants go for it. That's what I want. I don't want this where it'll... Uh, the word I hate more than anything is it'll do. And Peter Coates said everything to me about, what was it, five years ago, six years ago now, where he goes, what's all the fuss about? That, to me, screams yeah. people out of touch with what's happening at that club. Yeah. And it screams to me that John's now taken over because we had great times with Peter. Great times. We got to an FA Cup final. I've seen European football, proper Europe, not friendlies. I've seen us get to a semi-final League Cup. I've saw Bojan come in, Shakiri come in, a real transformation. But then John come in and brought free transfers and loans in, which got us relegated. Then forked out all those parachute payments on players that really had had a couple of good years in the Championship, but had lost the way a bit. I agree. And then threw two managers under the bus with not being able to spend money or improve the team to a, to how they would like. And then yeah. doing it again now with Alex Neal and then blaming it all on FFP when I think that's not as bad as people think because I've watched other clubs spend way more than us, Forest, Villa, um, Huddersfield to an extent, Norwich on one occasion as well, spent more money than us, have been going up and getting promotion. But when I look at Stoke, it's like, well, we've, we've spent a load of money. Yeah, but that was parachute payments. It's not coming out of your own pocket. You know, I want to see him go for it. You know, it seems like whenever we look at the recruitment team, it's it's it'll do instead of is it the best? Why haven't we got a director of football? We don't want pain because I'll have to use my own money or whatever the, the reason of it is. But from what I'm seeing, I'm not seeing enough. I'm not seeing enough from the from the coach family at this time. It just seems like they're, they're, they're going, yeah, well, we're still getting this free advertisement. Yeah, it could be better, but, you know, we'll, we'll get somebody in. But then we bring us like you know, Skulls finally goes and we bring him in with West Brom's cast offs. That isn't um, that isn't the best, and is that's, it? That's another thing. The, the the COO is there purely to to make money for the club. Um that is certainly a commercial deal. Well uh, that's the problem. As it stands. Well that's the problem. So we like I've said before, we look at the top end of our football club. There's the coach family and then a CEO who's just basically a financial advisor, and then you've got yeah. nobody. I mean, there's nobody yeah. up there who's running the who's got any football knowledge. Not a single person. I don't. No. We've got no. They won't release any information about how big a scouting network is. From what I've heard with other sources who are close to football but aren't in Stoke, have told me that it's one of the lowest in the division. I've I've heard that the analytics is only two people, max four. So. If that's the best in class, then I'm very worried. Yes, I I, I understand what you're saying, and I, I feel similar. But what real prospect of change do you see? Well, I don't know. We're going to find out now, aren't we? Because the excuse of FFP is going to be gone at the end of the season, because now we can spend again next season, or we can we can spend within his means or whatever we want to, as long as we can justify it over three years. So. We'll see next season. I'm, 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 for me, this season is just about staying up. But with these brilliant, rich... But how many seasons, Ian, are we going to say that? No, no, because... This season is just about staying up. No, but and next season is a different story because now they can't make the excuse of FFP. So this is where we'll see 
what the Coates family are made of. Because next season, they can't use that excuse. John Coates can't sit on that stage and go, we've tried to do this, we've tried to do that, but we, we weren't able to spend money. He can next season. So now he's got no excuse, so we'll see what he's made of. If we're carrying on with free transfers and loans from the Premier League, we know he's full of BS, don't we? Yes. So that's why I'm excited for this season to finish. I just want to stay up and then I can judge if I want them out or not. Because if they do not spend next summer, they're full of shit. And <laughs> I want them gone. I wish you'd just say what you mean. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. That's 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 just it's just what I'm what I'm hearing. I've seen too much evidence of lack of ambition, and I've heard a lot of evidence which I can't talk about on the podcast because these are people who've got high powered jobs in it, and I don't want a lawsuit because I'm skint. I don't want them taking me house, and I can't discuss. But the things I've heard about how they've run this club and the big name players that are now elite stars that Stoke could have got but didn't because they didn't want to put their hand in their own pockets has scared me, and it's really got me angry. So, I don't want them out now. I'm not sitting here going, get them out. I'll judge them next season. Because they've made the excuse of FFP, and I agree with them. It goes against you, it's hot, it's not nice. It means you can't spend your, your equity, and we've got to scrimp and save. But next year, we've got three years of spend, and we've got the fifth, fifth richest owners in the division. Well, the league with the world, technically, isn't it? Yeah. So let's see how ambitious they are. Okay, so shall we now very quickly move on to uh, the upcoming matches? Well, we'll quickly go into that, which is Wigan. What are you thinking about Wigan? Well, it's the James McLean derby, isn't it? He isn't really playing for them, though, is he, at this moment in time, McLean? I'll guarantee you he'll be wanting to get on against us on Wednesday. And you know the thing that worries me about it? They've lost their last two matches, haven't they? Yes, they haven't been playing well. Um, so, what normally happens in those circumstances? Um, we normally lose again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I just feel that he will put out a team that will get at least a point on Wednesday. If we do not get a point on Wednesday, I am going to be very, very concerned. I am saying a one-each draw. Um, I think we're going to win. I can't right. I can't describe one, but I think it's going to be a scrapey two-one win. Because this okay. is what normally happens with Stoke, and you know we look like we're going to go in oblivion, and then we win three games. We're all like, yes, we we're going to go up, and then we lose two, then we draw, then we win again. That that's what happens. So I'm going to go two-one win Wigan, uh, Stoke against Wigan. Okay. And then the next game, which is Birmingham at home. I don't like Birmingham. I hate playing Birmingham because we never win. That'll be a draw. Why? <sighs> because they... I, I don't know. I mean, me. I'm just going with me, me art there, sorry. Well, make your mind. You're better or art. Right, I'll go with both score lines. My heart says we'll draw nil-nil. My head says we'll lose 2-0. Okay. Because it's Birmingham. We never do well against Birmingham. Right. What are your... What are your what are your feelings? I think Wigan, as I've said, a draw one each. And Birmingham, I think, will beat 2-1. You think we're going to beat Birmingham? I do, yeah. 
Right, okay, Ange. You, you, I've no reason why I think it, but you asked me what th I thought. This, well, is, I this is why it's 1-0, Ange, because we both go with score lines for Stoke to win and we keep getting let down. <laughs> yes, but I will now say something, that I will be 2-1 up the next podcast we do. I don't think you will, because we'll beat Wade in 2-1. You watch. Right. And there's one other thing I'd like to ask you. Right. As I know we're running out of time... If he is after a goalie, a uh, central defensive midfielder and a striker, what sort of striker would you want? Because if you're wanting a battering ram type striker, we've already got them in Liam Dillap. What um, sort of, I, I want a striker who is lucky, who scores goals. Oh, we had them. We already got one of them, Gail. <laughs> mm. We already got one of them. Uh, for me, we need a battering ram. We need, we need a hold-up. We need to get that ball stuck up top. Because the problem is for me, if, the problem is we, we've got no, nothing. Liam Delap isn't an old up man, not yet. He's too young. He's too easy to knock off the ball. He's too easy. He's too eager. If we need a pat, we need a Sam Vokes. That's what we need. We need somebody powerful at the top. But instead of Sam Vokes, we need somebody where it sticks, not just bounces off his head and goes out for a goal kick. We, we need we need a powerful centre forward that can hold the ball up. Someone like a Keenan Davies at Watford. Yeah, I mean, as much as I, I don't rate him as a, a magnificent player, Kiefer Moore knocks goals in, you know. I don't think he'd leave Bournemouth though, would he? I don't, I don't care where he would leave. That's the type of player I think we want. It, it is, Some, yeah, a goal-scoring power. Just, just gets battered if necessary. Yeah, that's what we need, needed, because that's what we thought Sam Vokes were gaining, but I'm not going to go into him, because it's another perfect indication of why our transfer team don't have a clue what they're doing but yeah for me Akifa Moore would be brilliant but he's not going to leave Premier League Bournemouth because he's playing there isn't he didn't he score yesterday I swear he did um, I don't know who he scored against but I'm going to ask you now what would your team be for Wigan against Wigan uh, does it matter yes <laughs> I want to know what your team would be <laughs> uh, in goal um, Basic. See, I would play Bonham. No, well, I don't play Bonham. He's, he's crap. I don't, I don't, I don't want playing. Basic's not much better, but at least he can catch a ball. Um, Centre-back three, Ben Wilmot, right centre-back. He plays well there. I'd bring Flint in because there's no one else. Morgan Fox will have play there because there's no one else. Sterling, I would put in at right wing-back if he's fit again. Uh, left wing-back, is timing fit? He's supposed to be very close. Right, so we can't play him yet, so I'd put Fosu in there. I'd play Thompson behind... Um, probably Smallbone and Bakey, because there's no one else. And then I'd put um, Delap with Brown up front. Hmm. See, I... Would you play Campbell if Campbell was fit? I would, yeah. I'd, I'd, okay. I think he's the only one who's got a goal in him, to be honest. Um, no, I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, he's supposed to be ill, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, but he's, for me, Andy, he's the only one who's got a goal in him. I think Gail is, for me, looking like he's lost his pace. Um, the lap's too raw. Brown's only just got fit. And I can't name the other one. Who's the other one? Is that it? I've named all. I've named all answer. So you know that that's it really. And, and everyone was shocked when I said at the start of the season. I'd have Taz Jell off off the bench. 
because he can't be much worse. Right. So what's your team, Alan? My team is Bonham. Yeah. If Sterling's fit, I would play Sterling. If he isn't fit, you've got to play Clark. Um, I don't think you've any alternative but to play Wilmot, Jags and Fox. Um, I would have Thompson definitely playing. I'd still play Baker, but I'd play further forward. I'd have Powell playing. Uh, and I would have Delap, um, Brown and Fossil. Oh, so you're changing the formation. Right, okay. Right, so is the, I don't think there's much point as going in what we'd play again, what team we'd play the match after. So we'll go straight in with the women. How have they done this weekend? So let's give us some positivity. Well, I can't give you too much positivity other than it was Cup Week and the uh, first team had won 2-0 away at Stockport. And the reserves have unluckily, and I mean unluckily because I went to watch it, uh, the reserves have lost 3-2 at home to Derby and they seem to suffer the same malaise as the men's team. We hit the crossbar twice, we hit the post three times, the keeper made three fantastic saves and they headed two off the line. Um, So the reserves lost, uh, very unluckily, against a much stronger Derby side, so we really should be happy with that because the Derby team are a little bit better than the Stoke Reserve team. But the first team won very comfortably against Stockport um, and are now looking forward to a home match next weekend uh, against Notts Forest, which is a big game for the football club at Norton, uh, Sunday afternoon, so hopefully everybody will turn up, yourself included, Ian. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But, um, that means no. Do uh, you never know? We'll see how it goes. I might be at work. I don't. I don't. I never know till Wednesday, do I? So you ask me on Sunday. I don't know. <laughs> You are. Come on, cheer up, Ange. It's not the end of the world. Come on. Arsenal are probably going to lose, so there's not much that's going against us. So, you know, fair enough, it's not been a great couple of weeks, which it hasn't been. But the World Cup's starting soon, Ange. We might win the World Cup. You never know. Well, we won't win the World Cup as Stoke, but I hope England do. Well, that's what you know what I meant. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. All right, then. Right. Well, so, I'll go with us winning the World Cup and not getting relegated. Or doing that'll take. I'll take that. And that's a positive. Then we'll hopefully have money spent. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Well, it's been a really exciting week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you.